Hey friends, it's Quinn. Uh, real fast before we start this week's episode of Known, just want to invite you into a new resource that we've created at Humble Daily called Humble Daily Audio Devotionals. You can go to the show notes and click the link or you can look up Humble Daily Devotionals anywhere that you listen to podcasts. What we've done is that we've seen kind of the traction that audio is taking over in our world. People aren't reading as much as they're listening, and our goal has always been to seek to equip you guys so that you can have life-changing, gospel-centered conversations. And so what we're doing is we are audio recording all of our devotionals as an audiobook format to truly invite you into the story. Sometimes when you listen to things like Known, it feels like you're a person sitting at a table listening to other people have a conversation. And what we want to do is make it feel as if you're sitting down, heeding advice from wise people, not just us at Humble Daily, but special guests that we're going to invite in. So we're really excited for this, guys. Go subscribe. Check it out. Humble Daily Devotionals, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We love you guys. Let's get to the episode. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Known. We're so excited that you're back. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We're so excited that you're here, and if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. We're just encouraged by the feedback that we're getting from you guys. And hey, if you don't know much about Known, here's what we are. We're a podcast where we sit down with individuals to talk about the battles and burdens that they've faced in their lives that have currently shaped and molded them into all that God has called them to be and where they're heading on their path. And so we've been continually encouraged this season by the people that we've sat down with, and I don't think this week is going to be any different. We're sitting down with Guido Trinidad, who is a CrossFit OG in the faith and fitness world. He's an integral part of Faith RX, which is a faith and fitness company that we love and that we love to champion. They're doing some amazing things. And so we're grateful for Guido and all that he's done. And fun fact, Guido was actually the first person ever to have a Humble Daily t-shirt crazy but yeah it's cool that we get to sit down with him now and chat with him hey a little heads up on the episode i've been saying this every week but these episodes are pre-recorded and so guido's lack of mention of some of the happenings in the world is not a reflection of guido it's just a reflection of the fact that those events hadn't happened and also this was recorded during some heavy quarantining during guido's life down in miami and guido has a family man he's got a wife and some some beautiful kiddos and so you're going to hear them in the background walking around and doing some things just let your ears acclimate to that it's going to be totally fine Um, But we're just so thankful that he was willing to sit down in a busy season and time where he's trying to navigate how to run and operate his business. And he was willing to take some time away and sit down and chat with us about what really matters to him in life and love and faith and family. And so, guys, I think you're going to be encouraged by this. Before we get rolling, we got to talk about the people who make this episode possible, this whole season possible, which is New Ethics Formulations. You need to go to their website and use code KNOWN for 15% off of any product on their website. Their website is newethics.com. You can go in the show notes or you can type that directly in your your website browser and you'll find guys i i know that you will be encouraged by what they're doing i know you'll like their products they operate on honesty integrity truth and transparency and so guys it's just so encouraging to have people like that in the supplement industry and just encouraged by what they're doing but guys let me stop yapping let's get to the episode how are you doing my man oh man i'm doing awesome thank you so much for having me brother excited to finally get on your show Absolutely, man. So a little bit about just who are you, Guido? I think um, there's probably some people that know you, some people that don't. And um, I think your name is synonymous a lot with the early CrossFit days and kind of the genesis of what we know as the CrossFit Games and uh, affiliates in general. But who, who, who are you for the people that maybe aren't as familiar? Who is Guido Trinidad? Still trying to figure that out, I guess. <laughs> now, well, I am first and foremost uh, a man of God. Uh, a believer in, in Jesus Christ, and then I am a husband, I'm a father of three. I got a 17-year-old, uh, I have a 
six-year-old and a one-year-old. Uh, so yeah, and they all happen to be of the female species. So um, I am very, very blessed and fortunate in that regards. Um, also, I would say in terms of roles, how I identify myself after that would be as a, a leader in the fitness community. Um, you know, I've, uh, I consider myself to be a coach first and foremost, not just in, in the weight room or the gym, but more so in life in general, um, in all, all aspects of fitness, mental fitness, spiritual fitness, mental fitness, uh, physical fitness as well. Um, and I happen to have the opportunity to run a gym called Peak 360, which I started in 2008. And, um, and yeah, I like to, I like to start businesses. That's uh, something that I really enjoy doing, but more so um, enjoy just building communities and, and leading people. And um, yeah, so, uh, and then you could say I, I also see myself as an athlete, uh, a competitor more, more so than, than just an athlete. I think we're all athletes, but I've always identified myself as a competitor and, you know, as an, at an early age as a kid played, uh, football was really my sport uh, that I dedicated a lot of my time and energy and identified myself as a football player and that mentality for uh, the majority of my life, really growing up since uh, eight years old till I was 25. And it wasn't more than just a year that I, I a year or two that I found CrossFit and jumped into that. Um, and yeah, so I think Almost in everything in life, uh, I see myself as a competitor. And yeah, so in, in summary, I would say Christ follower, husband, father, business owner, entrepreneur, competitor. Man, and we'll add massive triceps to the back end of that There one. you go. That's like a, <laughs> man, how did you get those things? That's so funny. Well, a funny story today, we were doing a workout that, uh, that Noah was leading. And we started off with a little six-minute AMRAP pump session that was um, a couplet of bent over dumbbell rows uh, and strict press. And it was two, two, four, four, six, six. It was only six minutes. And yeah, we got, we got a nice pump going on and we all were, were asked on Zoom to go ahead and flex our triceps. So Noah made a good joke that we should create a shirt that had my triceps on the edge of it like that, just in <laughs> case for those who don't got them. So, but a lot of, a lot of skull crushers growing up, you know, I used to use the little easy bars and do those, but triceps and shoulders were always my favorite thing to train. Um, I convinced myself that they were essential to being able to tackle people. So <laughs> I trained them a little extra. That is awesome. Very cool. So where did you play football at, Guido? Well, I grew up here in Miami. So I played high school football here in Miami at a at a high school called Coral Park, and then I played for a small school, uh, an NAI school, NAIA school in Benedictine College, called Benedictine College in Kansas. That was lots of fun. Uh, played there for four years, and then also went overseas and played for two years. I played for a team in Sweden and a team in Spain. So most people, the minute I say that, they then think I played soccer, um, <laughs> which Soccer's a cool sport, but it wasn't my sport. So, no, I played. They actually do have American football over there. It's not that big, but um, it, was, it was fun. I got to huh. play. Actually, it was more like player coach. So, that was a fun experience. Wow. That's really cool. So, what? So, you said you opened Peak back, back in 2008, right? Mm -hmm. So, what was the genesis of, of opening it? Like, you were, do you know what affiliate number you were? You had to be one of the. Maybe yeah, not, not the originals, but you were up there in the beginning, right? 
I'm not sure. I think I would say, I know in Miami I was probably third or fourth out of, I think, what ended up being like 80 at one point in time. I may have lowered a little bit now. I think I was third or fourth here. Um, and yeah, the genesis of that was, you know, I studied business, entrepreneurship. I really wanted to coach professionally uh, football. I, I always envisioned myself to be a head coach of a, of a D1 college school, maybe NFL one year. Um, but as I dabbled into that, I did it, my GA position, started to read a lot of books and specifically like biographies on coaches that I admired. I started to see um, that they all struggled with the same thing and no one really had a solution for the problem, which was that they never felt that they were completely present for their families. And although I didn't have a family, uh, it was always something that I believe God planted in my heart that I wanted to have a family. I didn't really have a, a great family dynamic growing up at home. I had a single mom. Uh, dad was in and out of our life, kind of, you know, a chaotic relationship there. So I always just really desired to be a dad and a husband. And although I did have a passion for coaching football and I really felt like I could do well there and, and impact a lot of lives, um, as I saw, like, if I really wanted to reach the top uh, of the ladder of success as a coach, um, that, you know, they were all saying the same thing, that, you know, their, their kids and their families suffered because of it. So at that moment in time, I just felt like, you know what, who am I to think that it's going to be so drastically different for me, especially coming in, right? Like you can't just, it's not like a business, like I'm going to create the business and then I can create my own rules. Uh, you can see, you can hear my little one in the background probably <laughs> agreeing. She's like, yeah, good decision, dad. <laughs> so anyhow, um, I felt, you know, I prayed about it a lot um, as I was in college. And I think my opportunity when I was in uh, Europe to, uh, to play football uh, gave me a lot of time alone and, and continue to pray and meditate on like, God, what's, what's the plan? What do you have for me? I really want to coach, but I really don't want to live this lifestyle um, and I have a desire to create. I really enjoy creating things and, and you know, potentially starting a business. And it was at that time, I, I literally remember, like, it was just an idea that popped in my mind, but I really believe there was the Holy Spirit revealing to me that he wanted me to train athletes. Um, and at that time, um, I remember I was in my bedroom in Barcelona, and it was like the revelation was there. And, uh, and in large part because I had trained myself, as, as you probably know, as a, a CrossFitter, I have probably one of the most ideal heights. I'm 5'8 <laughs> or 5'7. Um, so as a, as a football player, uh, to be specific, a middle linebacker, it wasn't the ideal height. So what, how I made up for it was with my work ethic um, and really trained really hard and was always creative with uh, the workouts that, that I wrote, I would do what the coaches gave me and then always did a little extra and those were stuff that I got to do myself. So anyhow, I just grabbed you know, what I believed was something that I was really passionate about and I knew that I, I helped myself and that I could help others, but that I could still be a coach and I could create business. And this was before CrossFit um, was even on the radar. This was back in 2005. I didn't know anything about CrossFit. Micro gym industry was kind of inexistent. So I didn't really know what that looked like um, I started to look at facilities like Athletes Performance out in Arizona. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they were some of the first guys that really started to train like uh, professional athletes at a really high level and, and in a different way. Um, so that was like my dream. And then when I, when I came back, I didn't have any financial. I'm, I'm going deep into the story, and I'm not sure if you wanted to know this no, much. No, this but is great. I'm going deep here, but 
I didn't have any resources. And to be very frank, I, I didn't have even like a formal education on it. Everything that I knew about fitness was self-taught. You know, I picked up the exercise phys books, um, nutrition books, all that stuff, and then used myself as, as a guinea pig, so to speak. And I dabbled into personal training in college um, and got my, you know, certifications there. Um, but anyhow, so came back to the States after Europe and worked a corporate America job in sales. And that lasted about 18 months and really just wasn't for me. Um, and I quit the job or you could say I got, I, I quit before I got fired, uh, just cause it just wasn't working out. And I quit and I just felt like, you know what? I think that this is, this is the time. And I started doing some personal training. Um, I figured that, you know, I did some mathematical, you know, I didn't have kids, I didn't have a wife, I didn't have a mortgage, you know, I had very little expenses, so it was a good time to take that risk. And I just started Peak 360, you know. Um, I created that as a brand on what I believed, you know, was my own philosophy, so to speak, on fitness. And it wasn't more than just six months that I found CrossFit after that. And what, what happened with me with CrossFit is that I fell in love with the philosophy. Um, if you kind of think about the name Peak 360, right, it's essentially my goal was to help people uh, reach their peak uh, in their fitness 360 degrees. So really a, a, whole, um, uh, a whole approach to fitness, right, where it would hit up all aspects of fitness and also impact all aspects of their life. So hearing Greg speak, which was a very much more uh, intellectual speaker and a, a way far further ahead than me in, in his studies of fitness. And I just said like, man, I wanna align myself with this. And then even more so when, you know, I had a friend that I actually, um, you know, went to the same high school with, but he was a little older than me, start a CrossFit box, invited me to go and do a workout there. I just did one workout and it was like, all right, this is it. Like I get to compete. Um, I remember he invited me, it was uh, Michael Suna out, um, owns, used to own what was I Am CrossFit and now owns uh, Train 89. He invited me over to his gym and it was, I think it was like an eight minute AMRAP of wall balls and like shuttle run and deadlifts or something like that. Hmm. And I remember doing the workout and, and he was like, wow, you got the highest score for the day. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you can get a score for this? <laughs> like I'm not just doing it just for, for my own fitness. He's like, yeah, I mean, it is for your fitness, but we want to, you want to go as hard as you can see if you can, you know, if you can have the fastest time of the day. And later on that day, he texted me and said that somebody beat my time. <laughs> and I was like, I'm doing it again. <laughs> And he, go, he goes, no, you can't do it again. It, it only counts the first time you do it. I mean, those are his <laughs> rules, I guess. But um, it got me fired up to want to come the next day and just like, you know, see if I can have the highest score for the day. And so anyhow, long story short, I uh, started training my clients with, um, with that philosophy, which was already like very similar, but not as complete, especially with like the Olympic lifts and whatnot, I was always like separating the stuff, the things, as you know, football players train in a similar fashion. They just weren't really doing the metabolic conditioning with the mixed modalities. So started to dive deep, dive deep there, um, compete, and then eventually opened up my own box, uh, in 2009. Very cool. I love that. That's it's you're making my life easy. <laughs> you know how to talk and tell a story. I can, I can talk, man. I'm man. sorry. No, don't apologize. That makes makes me happy. Um, hey, so uh, going back to one of the things you kind of said in the beginning, so you grew up in a single-parent home. Your dad was kind of in and out. Um, and and one of the things that's kind of marked you, I guess, since you got your platform is that you, you've always been really outspoken about your faith. 
And so what, what's your testimony look like? What did the, the lead into your faith look like? Is that something that your mom modeled for you or is that something that you found later in life or? Yeah. So, you know, my faith journey has been one that I was introduced to my faith at, at nine years old. Um, and it's always been a part of my life and I'm not ashamed of the, the, the journey and the walk. Um, I wish that it, you know, there were times that I didn't like turn my back on God, but, but there were, and, but I would say of most recent, at least in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years, um, that, you know, I've really fully given my life. And I would say that, um, uh, you know, I am closer to God now than I ever have been. So at nine years old, growing up with my mom, our neighbors, uh, introduced us to God. I mean, my mom had a really interesting upbringing as did my dad. And it was just, just not a healthy mentally and emotionally, uh, household. Uh, my parents divorced when they were four. My dad was abusive, both physically, verbally, um, was uh, an addict, um, an alcohol, an alcoholic. And, um, you know, we were one of, I was, I was one of six, um, but two. So my mom and dad had two. I was the oldest of two. And then all the other ch- kids he had with different women. And I didn't really even know them. Um, but some, for some reason, um, we were the only ones that he would actually see on a consistent, quote unquote, consistent basis. And consistent meant like, hey, I'm going to pick you up next weekend. He wouldn't show up. I wouldn't see him for two months, but then I'd see him you know, three weekends in a row, and then I want to see him for a year, and then I'd see him, you know, three nights in a row, and it was just weird and crazy all at the same time. Um, and then my mom just um, self-diagnosed bipolar, um, and you know, and I say this only uh, not to in any way, shape, or form shine any negative light on her, but just to be very vulnerable with the struggles that she had and that we had as a family. And uh, she was searching, man, hard. You know, she didn't have any support from her mom or dad. She didn't really have, uh, she never remarried until I think uh, it's been like six or seven years. So for all of our childhood, she had boyfriends. um, But when she found the Lord, she didn't have a boyfriend because she was convicted that she wasn't going to marry anyone that that wasn't um, of the same faith as her. So when when she turned to God, I, I would say, it turned everything around, uh, but it still was emotionally challenging at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least there was a sense of, of uh, I would say, spiritual safety. Like we knew who we belonged to. We were able to identify ourselves with like, oh, this is who we are and this is what we believe in. And this is what we do. Um, but at a very young age, I always felt like I was very responsible for for my family, so to speak, um, as the oldest of two, my dad had always like made it very clear like I was the man of the house, even though I was only five years old. But he seemed to always remind me of that. Um, and I do recall at, at times like my mom asking me to pray for her. So I was, I felt like I was put into a situation that I had to lead my family at a very young age, um, and I didn't know how to lead if it wasn't for um, really leaning on God for that. So. I developed a, a strong dependency, so to speak, or, or relationship with God at a very young age. Um, led youth groups and things of that nature in high school. But I was always um, always very thirsty for attention and approval from others. So uh, I started to deviate from God and do things that didn't honor Him, like use drugs, sleep around, um, just really 
it's crazy because I always knew that I had God in my heart, but for some reason I made these really poor choices that got me in a lot of trouble and um, took me away from just being the person that I think at that, at least at that age in my life, I, God really wanted me to be, um, both academically, even athletically. Um, but that was a very short stint because I got into so much trouble as a teenager that, you know, I had multiple run-ins with the law and um, it actually took me away from my biggest passion, which was football. I was ineligible to play one year and I was, you know, I say it humbly, but I was, I was, I was very good uh, at, at the sport. And um, for that to be taken away from me and my dream of, of playing college football would look like it could have slipped away. You know, I reached out to God and I was like, what do I got to do? And he's basically like, well, <laughs> you got to stop doing all the crazy things you're doing. Um, so I went to a youth camp or like a youth retreat at 15 when I was already like, again, really deep and not to give too many details, but just uh, kind of some of the stuff that you may see on movies about kids in Miami, like that, that was the lifestyle that I was living at a very young age. Um, and um, so I rededicated my life to God and, um, you know, while I was doing that, I had like kind of one foot in, one foot out, but definitely wasn't as deep into that stuff. So I was able at least to get my life back in order or at least allow God to, to get my life back in order. And it just seems like every phase in my life, I've just been able to like surrender a little bit more. And I was always holding on to something. And whether it was the partying, whether it was girls, whether it was substances, something he always would strip away and strip away and strip away. And I would say the last bit, and I'm sure he's got some more to strip away that I may not be aware of, but um, the last big chunk uh, for me uh, that I'm aware of was when I ran into Faith Rx and um, a believer going to church. And, uh, you know, I just really felt like, hey, like I, I, I want to help lead other people uh, to the Lord and, and was not ever ashamed of professing my faith. Um, but what I really realized when I met Becky and I met um, their staff was that I wasn't necessarily living the Christian lifestyle in, in the manner in which one who wants to share and lead others should, right? So, for example, if we related to fitness, if we're going to be coaches, it's because we are, you know, the example for someone who is living a healthy and fit lifestyle, right? We're not just, anybody can go up and coach a class, but not everybody can lead people uh, they have to walk the walk first. And that means, you know, doesn't mean that they're perfect, but they're eating right. They're conscious of what they're eating. They practice, they don't shave reps. They show up to the gym on a consistent basis, even when they don't want to. They do the hard things um, and they live the lifestyle. So that's what I saw for the first time. And it, it, it brought me to my knees when I first met Becky and the Faith RX crew. And I was like, wow, like I'd never seen that. I'd never... I'd only seen it from a distance. I'd only seen like the pastor. And I thought that that was just for people who were like really like close to, I kind of say close to God, but were like in these ministry positions. But I always knew that I had a desire to like level up my, my relationship with God, but I didn't know what it looked like. So seeing it in action um, really just turned my life around. So yeah, that's um, again, a, a little bit of a longer uh, answer, but but that's that's where my faith has, has been the last... Uh, years of my life hmm. so good i think one of my favorite quotes is uh many people claim the bible to be true and then don't live as if it is um and so that's cool it's almost like it's almost like there was a piece of you that that really wanted to believe that god was real and then you saw a group of people that were like 
getting after it. Like their belief was their action, right? People say what they think and they do what they believe and they were doing. Um, that's so cool. I think that's such an encouragement. And I think you are that now for a lot of people, which is such a, a cool transition, uh, into that and into your faith and the encouragement that you are to people. So I want to, uh, dive back. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of things that we can pull out of, um, what you just said, but I want to jump back to one of the things you said at the beginning with growing up with a, a father who was in and out, a father who struggled with alcoholism and abuse. Um, I think some of the people that uh, listen to our podcast could relate to that in a lot of ways. But what I want you to talk about is how did you break the mold? So like we, we know people are prone to live cyclically. Um, how, how was it that you, you are so devoted? You made a life decision, a career decision based on, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. Um, how, how did you break the mold? Just talk me through kind of the thought process behind that. Um, what that growth was like, cause I'm sure there was a lot of demons kind of pulling you back into that direction of life. Um, and how can you encourage people that, that want to be different and that want to walk out, um, and lead a different lifestyle than maybe they were grown in? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, as you use the word, how did you break the mold? I, I just wrote down the word broken, right? Is to allow yourself to be broken by God. Um, he's shown me multiple times um, that in order to be the, the father that he created me to be, that, um, that I had to do it his way, not my way. And, you know, he planted the seed. You know, so I know I have friends that they really don't have the desire, um, you know, to, to be a father. And not to say that they won't, but they didn't have visions. Like, I literally, I, I just recall, like, yearning. Like, wow, I can't wait to be a dad. I just, I always like playing with kids. Kind of a big kid myself. So um, that, that seed was always there. But imagine, I didn't know what that looked like. And, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm Cuban. And there, there could be a little machismo in, in the old school Cuban mentality. Um, and again, I really didn't know how to father or how to even be a husband. So thankfully in my church and in the Bible, it really explains it very well. Um, but it wasn't until I started to struggle, uh, in my marriage, I knew that I loved my wife and I had my own baggage that I was carrying into the marriage. Um, and then also not having a, a real life example of what being a father looks like or even a husband for that matter, um, I was struggling with specifically like conflict resolution, I think was was the one thing. And I remember talking to someone and he said, you got to read the book, uh, Exemplary Husband. And, um, and what, you know, was crazy that at that time I was so prideful that just the title of the book irked me. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not reading that. Um, but as I read it, like it was like it was a daily like breaking me uh, over and over and over again of how like we are supposed to surrender to our bride <laughs> the same way and, and surrender and sacrifice for them the same way that Jesus did for us. And um, so that iteration of that relationship that's that's, um, you know, in the word of God is is. He can reveal to us, like, there's there's always a new revelation. Like, maybe right now in my life, excuse me, like maybe five or six years ago, he revealed something else. But today he's revealing a new uh, thing in the same scripture. So as I, you know, surrender to God daily, 
um, and really like like you guys say, right? Like humble ourselves and not think that oh, like we've arrived. Like I get it now. I'm, I'm a better husband now than I was before, so I'm good. It's like no, he he still has more, some more breaking to do. So the answer to the question is really just surrendering to God, allowing Him to break and and show us like how we can continue to become more like Him in our relationship with our with our wives first and then uh, with our children. I love that. So you posted this morning a little bit just about about listening to God, that God has spoken. Um, I think you're referencing a passage in Isaiah 56, maybe. Um, but how, what are some ways, I think that's one of the more confusing things that a lot of people kind of wrestle with in their own lives is um, how do you listen to God? How do you hear God when you're spending time with him, when you're in the word? Uh, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so... And God speaks in a lot of ways, right? I've, I've never personally heard him in an audible voice. Um, but I know that his, his word is one that elicits, uh, first of all, it's, it's always true, right? So God is never going to tell us a lie. That's, that's for sure. Um, God is never going to tell us anything that, that makes us, what he, ta- he tells us things that humble us, right? Um, it's hard to, to explain how, but I just, I feel like when I read the word of God and I, I try to read, someone was told me, read for depth, not for distance. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like God is like bringing something out of that message, sometimes I'll just read the same message over and over and over again. And it's like, God, just show me in this message what, what you want to say. Or if you feel the Holy Spirit like kind of tugging you a little bit, it's like pause right there and just write down what is it that he's saying. I, I It's hard for me to, to read the Bible without a pen in my hand um, because I believe that God, you know, our thoughts race and they, they, they move so quickly that if we don't grab a pen, the pen is what slows the thoughts down and we can really ask God to show us uh, what he wants to say there. So... For me, also, I, I think that God speaks to me a lot through music, and usually it's not the first time I hear the song. It's like the 10th or 15th or 20th time that I was like, oh my God, he was saying this all along. I, I still remember um, this one song in particular. Um, I can't remember his last name, but his name is Jimmy something, and it's called Clear the Stage. Have you heard the song? I haven't. You haven't? Oh, it's amazing. Um but it's basically about you know idolatry and how anything that consumes our mind um, is, is is stealing the limelight that God wants, and He talks about clearing the stage. Um, and he, and, and it, the 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 chorus of the song says that worship is more than a song, um, and worship is essentially just anything that we consume our minds and our hearts with. And it was so convicting to me, like right there, it's like God speaking to me, right? Like God's telling me like, hey, the things that, that you're so passionate about, your business, your, your, your performance in CrossFit, even your, your family, like those things that are good that I gave you, if they're taking up space that is supposed to be mine, that's idolatry. So I think God speaks to us through music. It speaks to us through his scripture. He speaks to us through other people. And we just really need to listen and listening is, is very different than like hearing. It's more of like dissecting. And like, what are, you really, what are you really trying to tell me here? And I'll just share with you one more cool thing that God does for me sometimes. Um, he confirms his message for me personally through various 
unrelated sources when they say the same thing at the same, like within the same day, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, I'm reading a scripture here and then uh, I do like a, whatever it is, I'm, I pick up another book that's not even biblically, you know, founded, whatnot, but maybe it's like personal growth and it's saying the same thing and then I'm having a conversation with somebody else and it's all related. I'm like, wow, you really want to talk to me about, you know, compassion today, <laughs> whatever, right? Like, I hear you. I hear what you're trying to say. Like you're 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 definitely reaching out right now. Uh, so so yeah, that that's how I hear his voice. Love that. So what is uh as you do spend time with God and devote daily and do those things, Guido? What what does that look like for you? Um, time in the morning, time in the afternoon, whatever that looks like. What's what's kind of your time that you schedule in with God look like? Yeah, thankfully, again. Um, just spending time with uh, the Faith RX guys has um, shown me what what that's supposed to look like, and uh, the reason why I love and I'm gonna just deviate from the question real quick. The, the Faith RX concept is because it the approach is the same with the same mindset with the same uh, you know practice that we you know approach fitness our physical fitness. Uh, which is for most of us a daily routine and the same amount of time and you know there's 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 a there's a seriousness there right and also a playfulness there but there's a consistency and we understand that if we do it on a consistent basis that's where the results happen it's not a one-time thing no one gets fit one if they just train one time a day I mean one time a day is better than nothing but that's kind of like just like the first step but those who see the most results and the biggest transformations are those that are doing on a consistent basis. So thankfully, for the course of the last you know few years, I've been more consistent in creating the habit of of uh, putting him first. And while I always said, you know, whether it was on my Instagram profile or just to others out loud, that God was first in my life, I really don't think that my my actions lined up with my priorities. And while I still struggle, um, it's something that I I feel like if I don't start my day off on my knees that it's like what's the point of the day right so I have a routine that um, could take me anywhere from uh, ideally is 90 minutes um, to uh, as little as maybe 30 minutes but um, and this is like from the minute I wake up I've gotten into the habit of the first thing I do is I open up my bible uh, my U bible here and I don't know if you've seen it, but the first, now it's really cool because before it was just a verse, but what, what I realized that when I wake up, my mind immediately starts to go into different places and it could be really positive, um, but usually it's either neutral and I'm just starting to think of what I need to do for the day or it could be like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. So instead of letting my mind kind of do its own thing, I'm going to guide it and give it something to think about. So I used to go just to the verse of the day, but now it has this cool little section where, you know, it just prompts you with, um, with some scripture and then it has um, a Devo attached to it. So I'll start brushing my teeth, do my thing, start making coffee, listen to that. Um, and then I'll go out and for five minutes, I'll do a little worship and movement and prayer. Um, so kind of combine a little worship movement and prayer, and then I'll do just a, a little headspace. Um, I like that because I feel like I start moving my spirit first, right, with, with the scripture. Uh, I start moving my body with a little stretching because 
at 39 years old, things get, get a little more tight than they used to, right? I'm not as uh, physically mobile anymore. Um, and, then, and then I get my mind right where I kind of clear my mind and uh, just focus on my breath. And, you know, I really do believe that meditation is a, a mental practice the same way, you know, clean and jerks and thrusters and burpees are a physical practice. So it's helped me be able to um, better understand scripture and even live it out better, to be honest. Um, and then after that, I'll go into just reading the word and taking some notes. And um, after taking some notes and you know and doing a little journaling, I guess you could say, is I'll, I'll close with a prayer and a little more worship. And then I'll go on and uh, try and be a dad um, and husband and dad. So sometimes I do that with my wife as well. I think the majority of the days I do it by myself. But then there's times where I, I, I feel a little lonely and I see my wife... She does it as well. Sometimes we wake up at the same time. Sometimes we don't. Um, and uh, so it's nice to be able to join her and do a little devotional together as well. So I would say uh, once or twice a week we do that. And yeah, and then I go about my day and start uh, being dad, husband, entrepreneur, and all those other things. Man. I love it. I love the line. You said something along the lines of uh, you guide your mind trying to give it somewhere to go. Um I think that's so key, right? I was actually reading this morning. I'm reading a book called Thoughts for Young Men uh, by J.C. Ryle. If you haven't read it, you should. Um, okay. It's mistitled. It should be called Thoughts for Everyone. <laughs> um, but one of the things he was talking about was just how uh, how we shouldn't you shouldn't follow your heart until you tell it where to go, uh, right? Because Ecclesiastes 10, I think Solomon talks about uh, the heart of the wise goes right, but the heart of the fool goes left. Um, so there is a dichotomy in us that it's like, man, we are naturally bent and leaning in one direction. So I love that, that idea of, of give your mind something to chase, give your mind something to follow and then follow it, give it truth, feed it and then go. Um, that's so good. I think that's so helpful too. Um, so, so for you, like you mentioned faith RX, I think faith RX obviously has been a huge part of your faith. One, can you help people understand who maybe aren't familiar what faith RX is? Uh, and then two, just like, what has that been like for you being a part of kind of what they're doing? Their iron sharpens iron. Uh, is that, I don't know, their gatherings, I guess would be, um, one way to put that. Uh, I just, I see faith RX doing so many cool things and we're so encouraged by them. So can you just kind of help people see what they're doing, understand who they are? Yeah, so FaithRx is a community-based, uh, not-for-profit uh, organization that is uh, built to serve the fitness community, um, the faith and fitness community, and essentially it's um, created to, to really unite faith and fitness, um, to equip uh, people to better you know, uh, live a Christ-centered life, right? And I think the simple fact that we are all united and we're united in, in both faith and fitness, um, but we are all kind of in different walks within both realms, right? So if you look at the beauty of a CrossFit gym is that you can walk in there and you have the Noah Olsons of the world and he's doing snatches, thrusters, and burpees and then you have someone who's never touched a barbell and they still have the same desire to be fit and they're going to do snatches, thrusters, and burpees just at a kind of a different level capacity, so to speak. And I think the same is true in, in the body of Christ, right? You walk into church and you got people that know the Bible through and through and are living the lifestyle. And then you have others that are trying really hard to search for God and maybe are not fully sold on God and don't understand it, but they're making an attempt and they're searching. 
So faith or X is the same, right? It's 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 for anyone and everyone who wants to, um, you know, have a relationship with God and uh, wants to improve their fitness. So it was born um, the brainchild or spiritual child of uh, uh, Becky Konzelman and um, her husband Jim Konzelman, as well as Chip Pugh. Um, so they were the co-founders back in I want to say 2012. And yeah, so there's um, again they, they have three we have three initiatives um, that that we focus on. Uh, the first one is the what used to be called the Iron Shepherd's Iron. There's a, a change in the name called True Strength. Uh, just felt like it was a little more in alignment with what um, with what we're providing people as an experience to experience what true strength looks like. And it's a three day immersive camp. What I what I really love about it is I remember as a kid going away for camp and like coming back transformed. And uh, side note here, when we created Waterpalooza, that was one of the things that I really like, you know, was intentional about. I was like, I want people to walk away changed. I want them to walk away with an experience that has impacted them for the better. And I believe, imagine the longer you stay in, a, in an immersive situation, uh, the more transformation can happen. So you have three days with people that there is no distractions. All we are there for is to seek God and and understand how can we use fitness to help us seek God and how can seeking God help us in our fitness as well. So it's a kind of a really cool uh, dichotomy there. Um, so that's the first thing they do is uh, true strength camps. And then they have their outreaches with, um, with local competitions where they have a presence there and they support the competition and the competitors. Um, through you know just having their booth there for prayer, having people like yourself and others um, who you know are just influencers in the community share their testimonies or give Bible studies, um, and then uh, the third element is the chapters, which is really just spreading all over the globe. There's chapters, local chapters. I think there's we're close to a hundred now, um, and I want to say in over fifty. Gosh, I don't want to get the number wrong and embellish. We're in a ton of countries. I think it's like over 20 countries. Um, so, yeah, and it's really great. And these are, you know, they can be called faith and fitness nights. Um, so where there's a little bit of fitness and there's a little bit of faith. And they, they're intertwined, right? So when we're, when we're training uh, our, our faith, our fitness, we're essentially training our faith as well, right? Because if we approach our fitness with the mindset of that, hey, we're worshiping God here, um, it really changes that experience of working out a little bit. And then after that, I guess you could say we focus a little more on the spiritual fitness and present the same way when you present a workout. It's a challenge. It's supposed to be tough. We're like, let's talk about something that's tough, right? God is challenging us to do what here in, in the Bible? And then we'll come together and do small group breakouts and talk about it. And really it's about fellowship um, and about just getting together with people who are you know, on our on our journey, on the journey together. So that's who FaithRx is. And um, I'll pause you here if you want to say anything before I answer the next question. You can roll in. I want to talk about Becky a little bit, but you can roll to the okay. next part. So how it's how it's it's uh, impacted my life. I think I mentioned it earlier. Really, um, in two main ways. Three. One, it's given me a vision of what it looks like to truly pursue God. Um, and live the lifestyle. I think that it would be akin to one who is looking to compete in CrossFit 
and has maybe been training in their garage, following some program from someone who they've never met, and then all of a sudden walked into Invictus, CrossFit New England, Peak 360, and they were like, oh, okay, this is what it's like if I want to play at that level. Um, you know, this is what the lifestyle looks like. And we have fun doing it, right? So um, it's meant that for me. It's also meant um, really having, feeling like I have a responsibility now. Um, because I'm a leader in, in that community, I was actually um, uh, really fortunate and been blessed with the opportunity to be um, elected to be part of the board of directors. So now even more so have uh, an opportunity to, to lead. And when I say an opportunity, I feel like there's, there's a, 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 a good amount of, of weight uh, to carry, right? Where it's like, hey, like, like, you need to get on your knees daily. You need to pursue God, not just because I have the desire to do so, but because I have this responsibility to lead others. And I, I, can't, I can't tell people to pursue God if I'm not doing it myself. So it's put that... Um, Again, positive burden on me. Uh, and then lastly, it's really just allowed me to develop some pretty awesome... Are you hearing those things in the background or not? No? It's no, okay if you're not. So. All right, awesome. Because my, <laughs> my computer is blowing up with, with uh, tons of notifications. Like I think my, uh, my coaching staff, they're having a lot of fun right now. But uh, so it's okay that you're not hearing it. I'll, I, I'm getting a little distracted, but all good. Um, so it's given me an opportunity just to develop some really awesome relationships with people all over the world. Um, you know, it's, it's been awesome, really awesome, because it's made the CrossFit community that's so big and broad that, again, I, I've been fortunate to develop relationships and created almost like a small little niche within it uh, of people who are pursuing God and, and, and pursuing fitness uh, as well. So I think that's been really sweet as well. It was like, you know, like a segue into one of the best gifts and blessings that I've had from it has been able to establish a, a really great friendship with Becky Konzelman and her family. Yeah. So uh, for people that aren't familiar, so last year around this time, right, about a week ago, um, Becky passed suddenly, very suddenly, from a, a brain aneurysm, if I'm not mistaken, right, Guido? Correct, yes. Um, and it was a very unforeseen, extremely healthy individual. Um, and so... Can you just talk us through, Guido? I know she was a, a, a dear friend, a mentor in the faith, um, and just really all around an amazing person that a lot of people in the community looked up to, that they looked to, um, and really one of those one of those earth-shaking, why would you do that, God, moments, you know? Um, so can you just talk me through, one, obviously the, the impact that's had or, like, that you went through when that happened, the grief that you had to walk through, um, how you walked through that, and also how you're kind of reconciling on the back end of like, man, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing with this gun. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind, if you can ask that last part of the question again. So how, how did I deal with it? I think you said, and then what was the other part? Yeah. So like, I guess the last part of the question, just like, how are you, personally reconciling with that or how did you reconcile with that i think a lot of times when our faith gets shaken by something like that um the question of like man like god how could you do something like that yeah 
So when, when it happened, um, I, I still remember where I was. I was actually sitting right where I'm at right now. And um, I got the news that she didn't pass, that she had an aneurysm. And I was like, I'll be honest, like I knew what an aneurysm was, but I didn't know like the severity of it and what recovery looked like. So I immediately like Googled. And then you're like, God, that's like the best and the worst thing, right? So you get a little glimmer of it, but then you're like, there's so many different things. You're like, different levels of severity. So anyhow, immediately obviously started praying and then uh, just thought like, man, I, I really need to, um, I, I believe that God's going to use this for the good, right? So immediately it was like faith, right? Like, you know, faith, God can do anything. There's nothing he can't do. He's going to heal her. And this is an opportunity for God to reveal himself and how powerful he is and how he can bring somebody back. Um, and you know, as I began to understand the situation and I went out to actually visit her, I was uh, very grateful that I had that opportunity to hold her hand while she was still, um, the, the, the very little bit of time that she was cognizant and aware um, of, you know, just others that, that were around. I was there with her and, you know, it just, it broke me to see her in that way, someone that was so healthy, but I just really like didn't allow any other thoughts to, to come into my mind other than like, God, you're going to use this. I know you're going to use this. You're going to show the world how powerful you are. You're trying to get people's attention. Um, never the thought of her passing away entered my mind. And when, when she did finally pass, which is I think a week or two after um, I visited her, maybe, maybe it was actually just a week, um, I remember... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I got the message, I was in my car and I pulled over. I mean, I just started, uh, to be very honest, I, I, just, I just started like yelling at God. I was so, so, so mad um, that like I just, I was in disbelief. I felt, I felt betrayed um, by God. Um, and as, as ashamed as I am to say it, but I actually like, I pulled over my car and I started yelling and, and cursing at God. And I'd never done that in my entire life. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was a surreal moment. I, I was in disbelief. Like I just felt like this is not real. Like how and why could you let this happen? Uh, I think that, that moment of just agony was probably five to ten minutes, and it felt like five to ten hours. Um, and then it was just sadness and sadness and sadness, and it was like, I trust you, God, but why? Like, this is so sad. Like, and I could only think about like her kids and her husband and her kids and her husband and her kids and her husband. Um, and then as the days went on, um, you know, I just really began to, I, 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 it's kind of weird, but to think that like, it built even more faith in God um, because I was like, you know, we talk about it a lot as believers, right? That like, you know, um, God came to save us um, from our broken self, from our sinful ways so that we can have eternal life. And, you know, something that, that plays in my mind often when I, I start getting either overwhelmed or overly passionate in a good or negative way about any situation in life is like, 
hey, approach this with an eternal perspective. Like, you know, like you may not even remember this moment, this meeting, this post, this whatever, this comment that somebody said later on, like in life, and does it really have any eternal implications? So it really brought that mindset and that thought to the forefront of my life is like, man, like this life really does matter. So it's kind of hard to say like what I'm about to say, but like it's just a bleep on the radar, you know? And Ben Alderman, uh, who's also part of our team at Faith Rx, once said something that was very impactful for me. And it's just ironic that he said it and literally a year later, Becky passed away and he said like, Life is but a vapor, you know? And it's like, we are here for a second and we're gone. And I know that, like, God used her for the reason and the time that he did. And as much as we hate that she's not here with us, like, I think that we are all, I I know for a fact that when we get to heaven, like, it's going to all make sense. It's going to be like, oh, of course you took her because this, this, and that. And um, there's a few things that we can probably pull out of right now and be like, yeah, there's a silver lining. But to be honest, like when you compare the positive, the, the maybe very little positive in, in comparison with just not having her here, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't weigh out to, to see that those kids don't have her mom who is leave, li- leaving a legacy for them, um, her husband and just friends and loved ones. It's, you know, she did a lot while she was here. What, what was clear to me as well was that <laughs> that no one uh, no one is like I used to believe this was obviously before Becky's passing but I used to almost have this belief that like hey if I'm a, like if I'm a good believer like God's not gonna allow these ne- negative things to happen to me but like yeah Becky wasn't perfect but this is not a punishment like this is life you know and it made me fear death less. It made me fear death less. And even now in this situation that we find ourselves in with, with COVID is like, you know, had I not had the experience of losing Becky and, and losing, you know, two other people in my life that were very close to me, uh, one in a former coach who died of a drug overdose and another in a, in a small child that was a member of ours. She was only two years old and the same age as my daughter. We've had a lot of people close to us over the course of the last three years pass away. Um, it's just really made it very clear to me that, you know, uh, God is going to take us when he wants to, whether we like it or not. And, um, you know, although we want to live, um, you know, we want to plan as if we're going to live forever, but live as if today is going to be our last day and honor God to the best of our ability with this life and not, not fear death because essentially like we're going home, man. Right? Like, when, when it is our time, you know, we, we just, um, we hope that, that during the time that we're here, we, we can really live and honor him to the best of our ability. But when we do go home, like that's what we're supposed to be, right? Home is where like, home is home. Is home. So that means at the time that we're here, we're actually not home. Now I'll give one last thing. I, I remember going to visit um, kind of like a memorial area that we have for for a, a good friend of ours that passed away. Her name is Katie and her father is, um, you know, a very close friend of ours uh, that is, attends the gym. And we went on her anniversary of, of her celebration of life. And we went and visited the tree. And I just remember hearing someone say that, like, hey, the reason why, like, we 
sometimes have this tension in our hearts and like feel lost at, at, with our purpose on life, even if we have a strong relationship with God, is because because we're not home. You know, we're like we're strangers walking this earth that God has given us to have you know dominion and and rule over. But like we're gonna feel at real peace when we're home. So I believe that Becky, you know, that was true for Becky. Like she had a lot of burden in her heart to, to, to call people to the Lord and just other things that she probably struggled with as well, like we all do. Um, but it is comforting to know that she's home now. Hmm. Gosh, man. I mean, so encouraged by the way that you're, you're handling that, by the way that you speak about it, by the way I think you're honoring Becky. Uh, just, yeah, overall in the way that you're living, the way that you're doing life, the way that you're doing things. I love that you say... Uh, like, man, she's home now. She's home. I know C.S. Lewis talks about how like God has designed us as a man designs an engine and that, that we are to be fueled by him and him alone and there's no other way to do it. And so, man, for anyone who maybe is going through maybe a grief period like you had to go through with Becky, what is your advice to them? Man, that God is sovereign. That God is sovereign. You know, um, there's a passage, right, that, that talks about um, that God's ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I think if we just, you know, dig deep into the word of God, um, that he will, he will give us hope. I think really that the word is hope. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to read this scripture, uh, because I read it the other day and it's Isaiah 55. Um, but what I failed to, to read while I was, so this, this verse was, was very, uh, you know, important to me in the time that that Becky passed, um, but I never read beyond it. I never read be like the 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 scripture beyond Isaiah fifty five. I think it's uh, you know eight, where it says, "For my thoughts are your thoughts, um, are not your thoughts. Excuse me. Neither are your ways my ways. As heaven, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." And I would stop there. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. Like, yes, I'm not supposed to understand. Who am I to try to understand? Like, you know, you're sovereign. Like, I don't even understand how grass grows, really. Like, how can I understand why you would take someone, right? But the verses beyond that go to, like, he gives, like, an illustration as, like, look, let, let, me, let me just explain something to you. Like, as the rain and the snow come down from the heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread to the eater, so is, the, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And so he's, this is not like, like, it's not like a parent just like, do as I say because I said so, which is what I was reading before. And I was like, okay, you're dad. I'm going to do as you say. But he's like, no, but let me show you how and why because like this water doesn't come down just to rain on you because like that's the way that the earth works it's because it needs to water the grass so that it can grow the bread that you need to eat in order to continue to live so it's a cycle that maybe when the rain is coming down you don't even understand why it's raining you're just thinking man you can't go to that you know concert that you want to go to because it's raining but really like you wouldn't be able to eat the food that you're eating if it wasn't because i made it rain so just trust me. And then he adds a promise to it that my word will not, 
come, my word will not return empty, it will accomplish what I want it to, what I want, what I desire, and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And then the last promise is, and you will go out in joy <laughs> and, led, let, and, and be led forth in peace. And the mountains, the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Um, so it just like goes on to show like at the end of the day, like you will have joy and you will experience peace because of this. Um, so yeah, it provides that scripture for me has been uh, very powerful. Hmm. I love that. That's where you go, man. Right to scripture that God's got purpose in the pain. Amen. So what's Guido? What's one thing we've talked a little bit about how your faith has been quite the journey and, and you're, we're always growing closer to God, right? We don't just stumble into holiness. Uh, but what's one thing that you're encouraged by that God has really grown you in, uh, that you've seen? And what's one thing that let's just say you're painfully aware of that you still need to grow in? Mm, so good. So I think in in many regards, right? Like, again, I always like to relate it to like physical fitness because it's just easy to see and understand, right? Like, very few times in our fitness, especially at the age that they that maybe you're in, maybe not so much mine, but like, do you reach a peak, right? Um, and because CrossFit, there's so many different things that we can work on. Um, sometimes we we we. Uh, are let into a specific area of our fitness that like oh wow I really didn't realize that this is holding me back in other workouts so then we start to hyper focus on that and the more we hyper focus on it the more we can grow there and then you see a little bit more growth than you would have if it was just another you know just constantly doing Metcon so to speak so to answer your question I think that um, two words come to mind is or maybe three but Pride has been one, um, and just realizing, you know, even yesterday, um, a good friend of mine, Mike Service, um, who if you haven't had on the show, you need to bring on because he's an amazing man of God um, and is uh, a leader for the uh, Power Monkey group. And uh, I was just sharing with him some of the struggles that, that I go through and that I was actually going through yesterday and, and like trying to do and do and do and do and do. And what's interesting is like, God wants us to do good works for him. But, um, you know, even, even again, like I, like I shared earlier, even the things that God give us can be used, you know, in, in a sinful way. They can, they can become idolatry. And even the works that we want to do, if they don't have the right purpose in mind, they can become sinful. And I think at times I can, I can become prideful in my uh, pursuits, right, um, and want to be the hero. And what he said, and the reason why I reference uh, Mike is that he said, you know, sometimes we try to be the heroes, and we got to remember that he's the hero that we're working for to bring light towards. Um, so I, I'm a very um, uh, aspirational person. I, I want to do a lot, and um, I have to remind myself daily that, you know, my worth uh, doesn't um, have to be reflected on a to-do list and how much I did on that day and to be um, allow myself to be led more by the spirit and not by the flesh because the flesh is what the one that wants to accomplish all the things to do on the to-do list 
but not only uh, am I fulfilling the flesh, but then I also tend to to not be as in tune and abide with God and, and sometimes even neglect um, the people who he wants me to be with the most. Number one, my family. And then number two, even I've noticed that sometimes like I won't be as open to a conversation with someone because it wasn't planned in my day and because I'm not going to hit all the things on my to-do list. And maybe that person really needed to connect with me because God wanted to, to um, you know, use me and speak through me to that person. Uh, maybe, or may not even speak to them, but just listen uh, and be there for them. So I don't know exactly what area of my spiritual walk that, but I think pride... Um, and denying of myself would be one. And I think the other would be uh, to be more compassionate. And that's more of a like a character thing. Uh, it's something that I never really saw. I've always prided myself on being tough. And I hold people to the standard that I hold myself to. And I don't... Um, I think compassion is a skill um, that has to obviously come from the heart, right? It's, 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 a, it's a, an expression of love towards others. But the way that I show love a lot of times is like tough love, you know, and that's kind of like my mom um, never like felt bad for us in our situation. Um, she wasn't like too tough on us, but like she never coddled us. And so I never saw and then always growing up, all the male role models that I had in my life were all coaches and like they weren't very compassionate. <laughs> right. So it actually worked to my favor in, 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 in my performance on the field. But it doesn't work so well with <laughs> with four women in the house sometimes. <laughs> so uh, it's something that I'm working on a lot, and even even at work, you know, with with um, with our team, right? It's just like um, giving them the benefit of the doubt, assuming goodness, uh, not trying to always coach them up on how to be better, but just listening to them and and trying to put myself in their shoes. So yeah, that's uh, God is really, I think. Uh, Trying to work with me hard there. I'm a pretty hard-headed guy, so I'm not I'm not an easy guy to break. But he's doing his best. <laughs> I can painfully relate to literally everything you just said. <laughs> so, Guido, if people want to find you, if they want to know more about you, or maybe about Faith RX, or they want to be a part of something you or Faith RX is doing, uh, where's the best place for them to find you right now? Yeah, I think Instagram is probably the place right now. Um, so, at Faith RX. Um, with a D at the end is, is that account. And then myself, I'm Guido Trinidad. I'm not sure there's too many of those out there. So that's uh, all together, G-U-I-D-O. Um, and then Peak 360 Fitness is uh, the community that I serve here as well from a fitness standpoint. So we're doing some cool things now during these times. So, But yeah, you can reach me out on any of those handles and I will gladly just you know be, uh, be of service to you guys. But I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I remember when you first came out with it. I just love the concept behind it and the opportunity for uh, to be known, right? I think that we all really have that desire um, and that it could be helpful for others as we can. We're all different, right, in, in many ways, but we all share similar struggles. And um, it's uh, hopefully this was something that glorified God and, and could also benefit others. Hmm. And fun fact, Guido was the first to ever have a humble daily tea. Yeah, baby. 
<laughs> well, hey, man, we are so immensely grateful and thankful for you, for your faith, for the way that you steward the relationships that you have, the way that you steward the platform you have, um, and just everything you're doing for the Lord, man. Just so grateful for you and the way that you walk the walk and talk the talk, man. Um, and we're just we're so grateful for Faith RX. I think a lot of people might see them as our competition, and people have asked us about that. But, man, we are same team, just running this race together, pursuing the gospel. Amen, brother. We're brothers in Christ. That's it. Thank you so much for your time, Guido. We appreciate it. Thank you for yours, Clint. Take care, buddy. Man, guys, we love Guido. There's a reason that we were drawn to him when we initially saw him at the CrossFit Games and gave him the first Humble Daily t-shirt. This guy just exudes an authenticity and and just a faith about him uh, that just really spurs people forward and really impacts lives around him. And so, guys, I hope you'll go follow Guido. I hope you'll chase after some of the things he's chasing after. And in return, I hope you'll chase after Jesus. Guys, we love you. We're grateful for you. Go check out New Ethics Formulations. You need to check them out, guys. Use code KNOWN for 15% off of any product that you want off their website on newethics.com. Check out the show notes. Guys, don't forget to check out Humble Daily Audio Devotionals. We really do think that this is going to be huge for people, and it's really going to help people along the way and spur them forward with truth and wisdom. So guys, go check that out and subscribe to that. And before we get going, guys, I just want to sit down and say a prayer. Lord, thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much for the way that you've operated in their lives. Thank you so much for just uh, letting us be a part of their day, letting us be a part of their morning, their evening, their afternoon, whenever they're listening. I pray for the people uh, that are just going through something, like Guido talked about, just losing a loved one in Becky. Man, I pray that if anyone's listening that has had that, I pray that you will just calm their soul. Lord, draw near to them. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your walk. Let them feel your heart. We pray for that. We pray for anyone who has been impacted in negative ways by some of the happenings in the world, that you would just walk with them hand in hand, stride for stride. That you would be with them. Lord, let us just be your men and women. Let us walk with you. Let us know you more. Let us know that what you say is true. Let us know that you are good, Lord. And let us trust that you have, your, have our back. God, we love you. We're grateful for you. In your name we pray. Amen.